Are you one of those people that forgot everything since high school? We're about letters and learning. And, and learning. E educating adults. And education. Yep. Yep. Do you want to learn things about stuff? You saw Breaking Bad? Sudafed is used to make meth. Or would you like to learn the definitions of new words? I like tomato soup. Or are you just lonely? I consulted a wizard on this one. Great, we're the pod for you. Hey, I'm Carly. And I'm Kelsey. And we're two best friends that talk about everything from A to Z. In that order. Listen to Brought to You by the Letter every Thursday to learn more stuff. And things. Okay, bye. Love you, bye. Bye. Coming up on episode 40 of Anchor Persons. Hashtag U2 times up. Swiper no squatting. Popcorn. Taste treat or mouth menace? Is that a hose in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? And what does the motif of harmful sensation have to do with ball lightning? Stay tuned to learn. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Anchor Persons. From the south and east of the northwest, the land of trees and rivers, currently on fire, it's Anchor Persons with Gene and Greg Person. Featuring sports, emotional weather, food crime, the podcast shopping network, and more. Anchors weigh you down. Cut loose with your news. Here's Gene and Greg. Good evening, wherever you are, whoever you are, and welcome to Anchor Persons. I'm Gene Person. And I'm Greg Person. No relation. Anchor Persons is a news show for people who don't like news shows by people who don't like news shows. And I wanted to take a special moment to, to give a shout out on this Labor Day weekend to all the people in unions in this country who are responsible for not only Labor Day, but every weekend that we have. Mm -hmm. Gil Person is a card carrying union member and uh, super proud of her for being involved in her union. And uh, I think it's wonderful. Absolutely. Look for the union label. I don't even think they make it anymore. But if you see it, look for it. And by all means, organize. As Groucho Marx said, workers of the world unite. All right, let's get into tonight's story beats. So a while ago, we covered a story about a man suing his parents for throwing out his porn collection. Well, it turns out he won. The parents were ordered by a judge to pay their son $30,000 for the collection. We'll also be paying about 15000 in legal fees. Mom is taking it kind of hard, you know. And that was just in six or seven of the videos. <laughs> now he's laughing all the way to the spank bank. Yep. The Taliban has pledged to work with the global community to fight climate change. And they've already started reducing consumption by using secondhand American weapons. <laughs> Former Bioshock villain Rand Paul has gone on the record recently declaring that hatred of former president and fashion victim Donald Trump is the reason researchers are not pursuing the horse dewormer ivermectin as a treatment for COVID. Ivermectin, incidentally, is only touted as a potential COVID treatment by conspiracy theorists because of a flawed preprint study that has since been withdrawn. No word yet on whether ivermectin will prove an effective treatment for the other serious pandemic we're dealing with right now. Ignorance. A hedgehog was rescued from a parking lot drain in England. He's reported to be in good health, but he did lose all his rings. <laughs> That's an adorable joke. 
That's pretty good. A computer scientist at the University of California, Irvine, has announced that a coronal mass ejection, a really bad type of solar storm that last occurred in 1859, could wreak havoc on the internet and indeed global power grids because of undersea cables that connect the world's many networks and the lack of grounding and other vulnerabilities to the magnetized solar particles ejected during this type of event. Can you imagine the lawsuit against the sun for destroying all of that porn? It's going to be in the trillions. Harvard University's chaplains have unanimously agreed to name Greg Epstein, an atheist, as chief chaplain, explaining, I mean, come on, he's probably right. All right. Enough about the news. Let's move on to main news. Ball lightning has yet to be fully explained, but it's a phenomenon that is most commonly associated with thunderstorms. Ball lightning presents as luminescent spheres that can be very small or very large, from pea-sized to several meters. They float in the air and eventually explode, burning or bursting with electricity in the process, and often leaving behind the smell of sulfur. The phenomenon has been documented for a long time and even factors into some ancient mythology. Experiments have been able to produce similar results, especially a series of experiments in 2007 involving silicon. Now, there have been lots of studies and hypotheses regarding this phenomenon. None of them are definitive, but all of them are interesting. In the autumn of 1997, and this is a personal story, I took a long night drive to the coast here in Oregon. The weather was bad, but this was before the internet was in my pocket, you know, on my cell phone, and I frequently drove to the Oregon coast to write or clear my mind. On this particular night, there was a pretty bad thunderstorm out there, and uh, I ended up getting lost. I'd never heard of ball lightning at that point, but somewhere along the trip, I did see a glowing orb about the size of a baseball floating from the beach, bright red, glowing bright red. And I'll note uh, the beach has a fair amount of silicone. Anyway, it floated from the beach to the woods on the other side of the road where it hit a tree and exploded. I'd never seen anything like it, and it scared the shit out of me. But what does that have to do with? The motif of harmful sensation. This is one of my favorite things because it's the premise of so many great horror movies. But what it is, is the idea that there are things that just by experiencing them, whether it's a sound or a painting or a movie, that you can come to harm either in, in some physical way or by a curse. Uh, examples of this, are, for example, the movie The Ring. You see the mm -hmm. movie, you die in seven days. Uh, there's some other great horror movies like The Absolute End of the World in the John Carpenter film Cigarette Burns. Uh, the movie Antrim, which is a horror movie that just came out a few years ago. But also some more elevated stuff like uh, The Entertainment in David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest. Now, this is not entirely a horseshit idea because there are certain kinds of epilepsy that can be triggered by certain stimuli. Uh, flashing mm -hmm. lights is the one everybody knows about, but there are other forms of stimuli that can also trigger seizures. There's one guy such in as uh, playing Cyberpunk 2077. Yes, for example. Uh, or <laughs> there was a guy in the uh, medical literature who somehow uh, began to have a seizure every time he started to recite a particular poem. And oh wow! The treatment for him was just to never recite that poem again. Yeah, but that's horrible. It's it's bizarre, isn't it? Well, it really is. 
Most of the time, though, when people think that they're having a quote-unquote harmful sensation, it's it's psychological. It's a psychosomatic sure. illness, you know, caused by an expectation like this uh, Havana's syndrome, for example, that everyone's talking about. Sure, where, sure. I well, did. I mean, as soon as you mentioned this phenomenon, that's the first thing that popped into my head. Right. And people start hearing this little humming sound and all of a sudden they start experiencing symptoms of anxiety and they think that mm-hmm. it's, you know, microwaves or, or x-rays or whatever paranoid garbage they come up with. But it's it's mass hysteria, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, so for the most part, yes, there's no such thing as the brown tone, uh, no evil color, no Havana syndrome. But the motif of harmful sensation is one that's always going to be scary to us because we can't always control what we see or what we hear. I don't know. When that ball of ball lightning hit that tree, I felt like it might have been a little bit of a brown tone. See, I I want to dig in on this uh, scenario with you because, you know, people have reported ball lightning basically since the beginning of time. Um, Yeah. But... There's so little scientific evidence, even for its existence, because it is such a rare phenomenon. I know. And I I feel I count myself lucky to have seen it. And it was not like anything I'd ever seen before. Now, what did you think was happening? Did you have any idea? I had no idea. I just saw this. I mean, because I'd never heard of the, the even the idea of ball lightning before. I just saw this red glowing ball float across the highway, hit a tree and burst into flames. Yeah, that'll, that'll, uh, I don't know. I was trying to think of a clever thing to say, but that sounds really scary. <laughs> it was really scary. I, I I had no idea what it could be. I thought maybe a meteor or something, but it wasn't moving very fast. Yeah. From, from what I've read of reports of ball lightning, it just kind of hovers. Yeah. It just kind of floated along at a leisurely pace into a tree where it then burst into flames. Now, do you feel like you were adversely affected from seeing this? Did the sight of it do anything to you? I don't, I don't know that it did. It, it scared me for a while. I just, I, I, I didn't know what to make of it, but my primary concern was figuring out how to get home. Right. Because I was really lost at that point. And the storm was really, really bad. It was whipping my car all over with all the, like, there were very high winds. There was a lot of lightning. The rain was just coming down in buckets. And so I I wasn't able to actually Google what I saw. And I don't even know if Google was a thing at that point. I think it might have been Alta Vista. But uh, you were going to ask Jeeves, what the fuck did I just see? (laughs) Right. And that's when I, I, I did find information on ball lightning. Uh, when I got back home and was able to connect to my dial-up provider. <laughs> so what did you what did you search for? Glowing ball of light or? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, it was glowing ball of light burst into flames or something like into that. Damn, man. Because if you have no kind of context for that, like, what do you even think? I'm naturally a skeptic, so I didn't assume it was like a ghost or something, but... I had no idea what it could be. And so before I was going to form any opinions, I wanted to get an education on like likely things that it could be. See, this this uh, actually is a good illustration of the different ways that our two minds work, because the first thing I would immediately go to the wildest 
most uh, scary scenario, and I would lose my shit instantly. I'd be like, oh, fuck, aliens are real. Okay, turning around, turning around. (laughs) Well, (laughs) again, my primary focus was getting my ass home safely. And so I I couldn't afford to really focus on what it was that I saw. There were other freaky things that happened on that trip. I remember at one point I turned a corner and there was this giant glowing red cross up on a hill like crucifix. And I'm sure that was there to to give comfort to Christians or whatever, but it creeped me right the fuck out on this night of craziness. Yeah. And then, you know, when when uh, the goat with a human face walked in front of your car. Yeah, that was turned to you, called you by name. That was fucked up. No, that that part didn't actually happen. Um, Although at one point, (laughs) so I ended up on the coastal road and I tried to turn around and go back down like sort of the main vein of the coastal road uh, toward Brookings because I was up near Gold Beach and there ended up being a road closure on my way back so I had to turn around again and shortly after I passed through Gold Beach I had to stop and pee and there was nowhere convenient to do it and that was pretty terrifying because there was lightning going off everywhere and I mean I was out of the car for like a total of 35 seconds maybe and by the time I got back into my car I was probably carrying four gallons of water in my clothing Jeez, that's the thing like a good old fashioned thunderstorm can be scary as shit yeah especially you know in a place with a lot of water like the coast well I want to tie these two things together because mm-hmm. I feel like for for a lot of people who've experienced this, who have no context for it, this is something that your brain can't even process. No, it definitely was something that my brain couldn't even process. I wish I had been able to think more about it. And certainly once I, I got over to a place where I could, you know, drive back through like sort of the windy middle road to... Uh, I-5 and get back down to Grants Pass. Once I was in like sort of non-thunderstorm territory, you know, my mind went to it kind of a lot on the trip home because it was just so curious. And so it did kind of haunt me for a while. Well, and I think that is actually a, a sort of, you can't really call it a theory, but it's it's one idea of how the motif of harmful sensation might work is that there mm-hmm. might be some forms of information where it's not the stimulus itself, it's not the brightness or the volume, you know, but it's it's the thing itself that is so hard to comprehend that it actually sure. hurts. It's it short circuits the brain. Hmm. I would love to see ball lightning, uh, but I never have, and I probably never will because I stay indoors during thunderstorms. I don't know, dude. Be careful what you wish for, because I mean, it didn't. It wasn't that close to my car or anything, but it was. It was pretty unnerving just being around it. Especially, I mean, even after the fact, once I found out what it was, it was. It was a little unnerving. Well, they can be dangerous. Um, some reports will say that ball lightning just kind of disappears, and other reports say, "Oh, it exploded and you know, burned a whole house down." Mm-hmm. Well, in this case, it definitely caught a tree on fire. I mean, it, it wasn't like a tremendous burst of flames or anything, 
But there was fire in that tree where it where it went. That tree was totally not expecting it either because that's not a thing that happens to trees very often. So he was just chilling. And then this ball of light comes up and the tree's like, hey, what's your name? And then it explodes and he's on fire and he's like, well, fuck me, I guess. And I'm and yeah, this was back in 97 before the state of Oregon burned down every year and had to be rebuilt. Right. Trees didn't expect it the way they do now. Mm-hmm. But um, do, you, do you feel like we're closer? There's uh, there's a couple more parallels that I can draw. I'm sure of it. OK, well, let's 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 dig deeper. OK, well, did, when you looked at the uh, when you looked at the thing at the ball lightning, did it burn your mm-hmm. eyes? Was it intensely luminous or I, it was not a burning with any kind of intensity? OK, so it, it was it was bright red, but it wasn't so bright it was it felt like it was hurting my eyes so this is a thing that you could watch and in fact you did watch Mm -hmm. and you didn't realize the full destructive potential of it until later and now bear in mind i was also looking through like kind of sheets of rain and fog so i mean there may have been an insulating effect (laughs) And then when you got home, you got a phone call and you picked it up and it was the ball lightning saying you will die in seven seven days. days. Right. Man, that movie's no joke, though. So the the experience of the ball lightning was not harmful to you, but because you didn't know know what it was, it's possible that it could have hurt you and you would have been completely unprepared for it. Yes. Hmm. And this is a which is which is why I now only wear rubber soled shoes. Honestly, like that's not a bad move. I don't think. No, I'm 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 of course kidding. I I I do wear shoes without rubber soles, but I don't know that that would help against ball lightning because I don't think it's it's the grounding that's the issue there. Right. Well, because it's not grounded at all. It's just floating. Right now, for a long time, and and this is really only just now changing. There were a lot of people who said that ball lightning didn't even exist. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I remember when I was reading about it, that there was some talk about whether this phenomenon was real or not. It definitely exists. Well, At least like I, I know the anecdotal evidence isn't isn't much, but they have been able to reproduce it in a laboratory. Yeah. There are so sim- similar effects that they've gotten by by recreating certain kinds of atmospheric conditions. Right. But, so it definitely does exist. Well, so it's kind of like the connection between psychosomatic illnesses and the motif of harmful sensation. You see mm-hmm. something that causes you distress and you think, oh, this thing is what's done it. It's it's hurt me somehow. And that's not precisely what happens, but it is true that something happened to you. Right. So, right. I mean something is happening to you psychosomatic illnesses are real it's just the cause of them is not what you think it is right and this is this this seems like a really good example of the gettier problem maybe i'd have to think about that Uh, my brain is my brain is uh in ball lightning time okay so i'm i'm having trouble switching gears but it seems to me that ball lightning is a thing some people said well it can't happen that way. Therefore, nothing is happening. But of course, something was happening. And mm-hmm. now we've we've started to piece together what that might be. But really, uh, for the folks at home, I know that you know this because you've done research and so did I. 
the actual scientific evidence for the existence of ball lightning is only like five years old. Yeah. So. Yeah. And before that, it was mostly anecdotal evidence. Which n- not everybody believed in. The same right. way that. And and hey, if, if someone didn't want to believe my story, that's fine. I mean, I did experience it, but I don't expect anyone to believe it just on my say-so. Well, I choose to believe it. I guess what we're saying is the world is full of strange and scary things. And even if you don't understand what is happening to you, if you feel it, then something happened. Right. May not be exactly what you think, but something. It's probably not ball lightning. That's very rare. It's probably just the ivermectin. Yeah, you guys got to slow down on that ivermectin. I know we told you it was delicious and you should buy all you can, but... It's apple flavored. It's delicious. Is it really? But, yeah. I didn't know it had a flavor. God damn. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, now I get it. I love apple flavor. Hey, Greg. Hmm. How do you like them apples? Nope, I'm not responding. You, you can't feed <laughs> into these things, you know? So I am just going to stone-facedly, stolidly accept... What is happening? So, so this was a really tough one to bridge, even though on the surface level, it would seem like it would be easy. But I actually had very, very few ideas of how to connect these two things. Yeah, I, I did think about it, but I was having trouble coming up with any real commonalities. Mm-hmm. But and I then, think we did an and, okay job. I, I think I think you did a great job. And so, and so I applaud you, noble journalist. Well, I'm, I'm a great speculative journalist. And as we shall see later in the episode, a great investigative journalist. Fantastic. Let's move on to breaking news. All right. Well, this one's another patented anchor person's downer. Sorry, guys. But you've probably heard that Time's Up CEO Tina Chen resigned last week because it came to light that she'd instructed her people to bury the accusations against Andrew Cuomo. Now, this is after Time's Up chairperson Roberta Kaplan had to resign because she was involved in a smear campaign against one of Cuomo's victims. Hmm. Now, this is also after they backed out of supporting accusers of Russell Simmons because Oprah told them not to. Now, Time's Up claims to defend and support... Yeah, no, it... Well, I mean, and there's... These are not the only cases of times when they have demonstrated that their actual purpose is not to defend victims of sexual harassment and assault, but, you know, to defend rich people who have cool friends. Yeah. Now, it, it does get worse from, from my perspective. In 2018, they spent less than 10% of the money they raised helping victims of assault in court, which is their stated purpose. Um, and they spent more than four times as much as that on executive salaries, which okay, is so, not so it, un- it's a big scam, right? It's a scam. They get your money by, t- yeah, they're, they're telling you they seek justice for abused women. Then they pocket your cash and they sweep their friends crimes under the rug. Yeah. Now this is not unique to times up. This is not unique to the YouTube movement or any movement. Every social movement is afflicted by groups like this. They exist. Their purpose is to hoover up money and media attention while undermining real change. Mm-hmm. People, people don't, they don't do what they can do because they think, oh, I gave a check to time's up. That'll do it. And, uh, these, these groups, they come out of nowhere. They claim to be the head of a movement. 
And what they're actually trying to do is stop it from happening. That's their function. Now, we've all been fooled by groups like this before. I'm sure you listeners sitting at home, you can think of a time when you were like, oh, well, I'll give money to this group. It seems like they're doing good work on this cause. And then it turns out, well, they were actually doing the exact opposite and they spent your money on boats. So the next time you see one of these groups that just comes out of nowhere and claims to be the head of whatever movement you care about, don't let them stop you. Don't let them stop you from doing the real work with real people and don't give them your money. All right. You know, every time uh, Andrew Cuomo opens his mouth uh, and says something about Italian food or being Italian, I know he's going to throw something gross into that mix. I've noticed a real correlation between between all of that. Well, you know, it's like they used to say in my old neighborhood, when <laughs> you're here, you're family. <laughs> all right. My breaking news story. Neighbors in the New York town of Cohoes are reporting that an old abandoned house at the end of Dartmouth Street has been taken over by foxes. The house had been dilapidated for years when a neighbor spotted two foxes sunbathing on the roof. Snapped a couple of photos. They went kind of viral. Uh, nobody is certain how long the foxes have been living in the house, but there are broken windows and points of entry all around the building, so it was pretty easy for them to get inside. Apparently, Cohoes has had a real problem with foxes since the spring. Trapping efforts are underway to remove the vulpins from the property, but as of last week, they hadn't been caught. Still, how crazy is this economy when foxes can own a house, but the average working family can't? Hmm. Well, you know, foxes, they're very sly. And they are. So they probably got a, they probably got a great deal because you got to figure one fox is great at negotiating. So 12 foxes are going to be like incredible. Well, you know you're a furry little homemaker. Foxy. <laughs> that is rather funny. Okay. I'm, I can't give you a guffaw, but I did enjoy that joke conceptually. I appreciate a good little sniff chuckle. <laughs> Greetings, gentle listeners. If you enjoy this podcast, you may also like Brosé, a mirthy talk show starring four bros who sip wine and consider questions submitted by you, the audience, about current events, pop culture, and which Muppet you should get tattooed on your back. Subscribe to Brosé wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-R-O-S-E. Brosé, the podcast for those who drink rosé. All right, <laughs> let's move on to sports. All right. Now, my, I'm, I'm going to be the one saving sports this week, folks. So I want to talk to you about tennis. Now, I don't hate tennis. I've actually sat and watched tennis. But the problem is there's just not enough going on. I know mm -hmm. I've complained in the past about other sports being too difficult to follow. The problem with tennis is it's too easy to follow. And the range of outcomes is pretty limited. Either you hit the ball back or you don't. Mm -hmm. So now one aspect of tennis, one kind of tennis that's more interesting is the doubles match because you have two people on each side mm -hmm. and that, that bumps up the activity level a little bit, but it's not quite there because you still only have one racket apiece and one ball. So this is real simple. Two balls in play, two rackets per player. Okay. Way more, way more activity, way more opportunities to score. And 
maybe I, I haven't fleshed out the details of this, but I was thinking if maybe we could add a multi-ball mechanic at some point. I don't know how that would work. Yeah, I don't but. either, but that's an interesting idea. What if we uh, reintroduce some of the medieval rules of tennis where there's all kinds of fixtures around the court and stuff that you can ding for extra points? Well, you remember the game uh, Pala that is still played in uh, parts of Italy. Yeah. That mm -hmm. is basically medieval tennis. We could just say replace tennis with this game, which is better. Yeah, okay. Because... And instead of playing on tennis courts, you just play in the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why not? So we could we could do it that way. I do want to try my version of tennis first with the yeah, two I, rackets. I like I like the idea of because uh, you know you increase the number of rackets, you increase the number of balls. You're you're increasing the skill required to play the game, and the concentration required to play the game properly. Right, and, and the, the dexterity, the, it would be, people would really appreciate tennis way more than they do now. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I mean, do you think that our current tennis greats, do you think that, that Venus and Serena Williams don't already wish that they could just use two rackets? Sure, sure, of course. They're, they're sitting there thinking, oh, fuck, if I had two rackets and two balls, I could score twice as much. That would rule. Right. So... I mean, hopefully, I don't know what the governing body of tennis is, but I know that uh, one of you is listening for sure. So let's get let's get on it. Let me just get on the board myself here by saying, uh, Greg, that I love love this idea. Hmm. Well, I can't fault you for that. <laughs> okay. I uh, see you hit it to me. I hit it right back. Yeah. No, That's that was that was a super good volley. All right. Let's move on to the creature feature this week. I'd like to talk about the bullet ant. Native to rainforests in Central and South America, the bullet ant is so named because its sting feels like you've been shot. Bullet ants are 18 to 30 millimeters long and look kind of like little wasps. Though not aggressive by nature, when defending themselves or their nest, they are vicious and sting like crazy. I'm not sure whether listeners will be familiar with the Schmidt Sting Pain Index, but it ranges from 1 to 4, with 1 being the kind of sting from like a fire ant or a, a small paper wasp, and 4 occupied by tarantula hawks and warrior wasps and bullet ants. So it maxes out the pain scale. One indigenous people of Brazil used the bullet ants as part of an initiation rite, weaving them into giant mittens made of leaves with stingers facing inward. A boy then has to wear the gloves on his hands for five to ten minutes. This ordeal will be repeated 20 times over several months or even years. Typically, by the end of the session where they're wearing these, these stinging ant gloves, their arm is mildly paralyzed. Bullet ants aren't currently endangered, but it should be noted that diminishing rainforests may actually force them into other environments, and rising global temperatures may actually steer them north at some point. So we've got that to look forward to. Yay! Climate change is the gift that keeps on giving. Boy, it does. All right. Well, it is time for the emotional weather. This week's emotional weather, stylish, childish, and kylish. My story for stylish, I want to talk for a second about women's plus size fashion, because we all know the fashion industry is already sort of out of kilter with the vast majority of the population. It's toxic and abusive to lots of women, including the models, but it's not good for women who wear plus-size clothing either. 
Women who are not waifs are routinely saddled into cold shoulder tops, empire waists, and tent dresses. And you can't tell me those are the only options because a bigger woman can look knockout fabulous in a top with a plunging neckline or an A-line dress or a twist front, something with a wide belt, a maxi dress. The list goes on and on and on. So let's get on it and give women more options in general and a lot more options with pockets and a lot more options that are affordable and maybe a few that aren't designed by men. All right. Well, I don't know anything about clothes or hair or makeup, but I do know product design and I do know kitchen utensils. That's why just about the only stylish things I own are my OXO kitchen tools, particularly from the Good Grips line, which are really easy to use if you have fucked up hands. If you're looking for, you know, a new cheese grater, a new bottle opener, a new what have you, look for the OXO brand, available wherever housewares are sold. Nice. My childish story. I used to scoff at the concept of the inner child because sometimes we scoff at things we don't understand and aren't willing to consider. But some bombshells that dropped in my adulthood and in the process of raising my own child have painted for me a vivid image of who my inner child is and just how much of an impact my childhood had on me, on my patterns of behavior, whether positive or negative. I'm trying to do more things to make my inner child happy, and that means looking goofy sometimes or letting myself off the hook from the festering anxiety swarm that is the world for a few minutes, or using my imagination for something good like making me laugh or making me smile, even if it's just laughing at something purely in my imagination, like a giant blue gorilla wearing a monocle and a bow tie who catches himself by surprise with a particularly nasty fart. (laughs) That's pretty good. I've decided he's called Reginald. I love Reginald. He's my favorite gorilla. Well, for me, speaking of childish... I found out about this after it was banned from TikTok, so I haven't seen any videos, although I'm sure there's still some out there. But the idea of this milk crate challenge cracks me up because it's another one of these things that's doomed to fail and likely to hurt that will always be with us because people just stay dumb. Yep, they do. That's what they do. All right, Kylish. Residents of a Miami apartment building were forced out of their homes after fire sprinklers caused serious damage to the drywall, in some cases causing massive sections of drywall to collapse. At this time, it's unknown what triggered the fire sprinklers, but luckily nobody was hurt in the process, and residents were eventually allowed back into the dwelling. It is also unknown at this time whether the sprinkler system used water or monster energy drink to destroy the drywall. Well, speaking of energy drinks, Gene... PepsiCo is back on their bullshit. I'm not covering it in food crime because it's an obvious attempt to provoke me and I'm a grown man. But (laughs) as of yesterday, you're now able to buy online Mountain Dew Flamin' Hot, which is exactly what it sounds like. Why? Because the world is... Because people stay dumb. That's... That's the takeaway today. Okay. Last week it was about lasers. (laughs) This week it's about... Just being dumb forever. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't I don't have a better answer, man. If I knew, I could stop it. It's not a very happy ending, but I'll take it. I will say to those of you in our audience who are afflicted with dumb and think this might be a good thing to try, just don't spill it on your waifu body pillow because that stain is never coming out. All right. Well, as you know... Every week, our investigative team uncovers a detailed and harrowing story on food crime. And this week, Greg Person has a story. Greg? 
Folks, when I took the journalist oath and received my secret tattoo that all journalists have, I swore that I would tell the hard truths about the world unless I was paid not to. And nobody is sponsoring food crime at the moment, although we can be reached anytime on Facebook, Twitter, or by email. Anchorpersonspodcast at gmail.com So it is with a heavy heart that I address popcorn. Many of us enjoy its neutral flavor and gentle crunch, but it comes at a cost. The dark side of popcorn. The ruination of the gums. There's no way around it. Popcorn fucks your mouth up. Ask a periodontist. They feel the same way about popcorn that ER doctors feel about homemade fireworks. You can brush and floss immediately and still be spitting out holes the next day. This is not a joke. I had popcorn on Saturday and spit out a popcorn hull on Monday after I had brushed and flossed like three times. Now, I don't have the power to call a moratorium on popcorn until we can figure out this whole problem. I'm not a dictator, not yet. But, please, if you're going to eat popcorn, just use common sense. Practice oral hygiene and know your limits and make sure it's worth it. All right. Well, I'm not a fan of popcorn in general for, for many of the reasons that you've stated, but also because I've never really liked the flavor. So... I mean, I'm, I know I'm in the minority on that. I know that's not a popular opinion, but... Well, I'm actually going to be a little bit of a popcorn snob here and say that it really depends on what kind of popcorn you get. Because yeah. there are heirloom popcorns that you that are literally like, oh, this was grown at Thomas Jefferson's house. And uh, those heirloom popcorns, which are pretty expensive, um, they don't pop up big like a modern popcorn kernel. But they have mm-hmm. so much more flavor. They actually taste like roasted corn. They're delicious. I still don't know that I need that in my life. So, And, and that's fair. Your gums, thank you. All right, let's move on to the podcast shopping network. This week, the pocket hose. Okay, so you've seen hoses, right? Those long, unsightly green rubber tubes that dispense water from one place to another. <laughs> there are problems with hoses, though. And the list is as long as the hoses themselves. For one, they're unwieldy. Unless they've been in the sun for a while, they're very difficult to maneuver and to take an appropriate shape. They also have a problem with kinks. Shame. But homeowners need not worry because now there's a hose that beats them all. It's called the pocket hose, and it weighs less than a bottle of water. It's super flexible. It cannot kink and expands to a full 50 foot length, but collapses back down immediately when not in use. How great is that? Not so great, actually, because all reports are that while this hose doesn't kink, after a couple of uses, it will leak like a Trump administration staffer with a book deal. Apparently, the item has less than a three star rating in some places it's sold because while lighter, stronger and more collapsible than a traditional hose, It's not so good at the holding water while moving it from one place to another part. The pocket hose retails for $12.99 plus shipping and handling. So I have two things I want to say about this story. Okay. One, I got your pocket hose right here. (laughs) That's obligatory. Secondly, I love the fact that somebody saw this product and said, well, It solves a lot of the problems of hoses, but only creates one new one. Right. So let's let's get it into production. (laughs) 
but that new one is fundamentally important to what hoses right. are actually used for. Like it solves the annoying, like sort of non-essential problems with hoses, but then right. it, it makes the hose completely unusable. No, it's, it's fucking brilliant. Like why not just make it, out, make it out of pantyhose? Right. It'll be, it'll be so much lighter. Go for it. <laughs> it's so wonderful. All right. It is time for state up our weekly review of all 50 states in the union. This week's state Missouri. How much does Missouri look like Bart Simpson's head? Only a little, but it's enough. It's enough. <laughs> so I'm noticing that you're bringing up the Bart Simpson deal kind of a lot on the uh, state up segment there, Greg. When I see, I have what is known as a genius brain. And what my genius brain does is when I see an object that looks a little bit like Bart Simpson's head, uh-huh. my brain immediately says, hey, that one, that looks like Bart <laughs> Simpson's head a little bit. Okay. Well, I was, I was just curious because I, I it's come up a few times and I was, I, I was interested in why that was a sort of a benchmark for measuring these state shapes. Well, you know, and this might be the last one or there might be a few more. Nobody knows how many states there are. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My first fact for Missouri, Missouri is frequently referred to as the show me state. And for that very reason is not allowed within 500 feet of a school or public park. That's fucked up. <laughs> Nobody knows where the gateway arch came from or what it wants. And they don't know if it will ever leave. The Missouri state flag is just a dirty pillowcase with, for some reason, two small holes cut about six inches below one corner. <laughs> Think on that one, folks. It's a good one. You used to be able to buy olives in Missouri, but they had to ban them when things got out of hand. <laughs> and my final fact about the state of Missouri, it's pronounced misery, Greg. And they love company. All right. All right. All right. All right. Our final segment tonight, as every week, is called Person to Person and Person, where we share your valuable feedback with our audience. We hit a new benchmark last week with over 125 downloads in a single week. And as things continue to pick up, we want to continue to thank our new listeners. But uh, we want some more interaction. So here's the deal, new listeners. I would just love it if one of you would write us an email. It can be as simple as one line telling us a subject you would like us to write a funny haiku or limerick about. And remember, if you subscribe, you're a sister, brother, wife. And even if things go bad, we'll always love you in some kind of way. I do want to say one other thing. Now, legally, if you subscribe, you are married to us. That's true. But if you want that sugar, you got to hit us up on social media. Yeah. Feel free to, uh, to follow us. We will follow back. We... We really want to engage with our listeners in, in a meaningful way. And, uh, you know, we, we want this to be a back and forth. As always, I'd like to give a shout out to our bros at Bros A. They're wonderful. Our friends at Brought to You by the Letter. And to our voiceover artist, Adam West, who you can find at, on Fiverr or at his website, awestpraw.com. We need to hire him for something else pretty soon. Maybe we can just write a whole episode and have him record it and see how it turns out. If it's better, like, maybe we just do that from now on. And that's how the anchor persons went out of business. <laughs> right. Folks, that's all the news the persons have for you tonight. 
Would you like a haiku written about the topic of your choice? Send your topic, and the anchor persons might just make that happen. Gene and Greg love your feedback, and there are so many ways to give it to them. Send them an email, anchorpersonspodcast at gmail.com. Find them on Twitter, at anchorpersons. Or visit their website, anchorpersonspodcast.com, where you can leave an audio message via SpeakPipe, as well as find full episodes of the show, blog posts, and more. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcatcher of your choice. Or simply tell a friend. Until next time... This is Gene Person saying you should always end a comedy set with a callback. And this is Greg Person saying, stay dumb. Good night. So every week I do one of these stingers and usually the idea comes to me pretty quickly when I'm doing the edit, but this week I had a lot of trouble coming up with something. So I'm actually coming. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. That is super unprofessional. I can't believe I left my phone on. Well, in for a penny when being unprofessional, I might as well take this call. Hello. Seven days. Well, Jesus, that was unsettling. Anyway, I'm recording tonight to apologize that I wasn't able to come up with a stinger. Hello? Seven days. Okay, great. I am recording to apologize because... God damn it! Hello? Please stop calling me. Seven days. For fuck's sake. Whatever this is, it's, it's really starting to bug me. Okay, so I am recording to... All right, what you got? Seven days. That's what you got. Same thing you had the last, what, three, four times? Is, is this a thing that just happens now? I don't even remember what I was trying to say. I Oh, right, 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 right. So I'm trying to... Re- God damn it. Come on. Hello? Seven days. Obviously, it's just some kids or something playing a prank. Maybe someone got their hands on the ring recently. I don't know. It's starting to piss me off. I don't know what I where we go from here. I've completely lost sight of what this stinger was supposed to Jesus. <sighs> Hello? Hello?
Hello? Is anyone there? Listen, my car's extended warranty is fine. Uh, please don't call here again. Again, please don't call again. Thanks for your time. Jesus Christ. What a frustrating night. Okay, so I was... Really? Really? Yeah. Look, if you're angling for a sale, this is not the way to go about it. I don't want to discuss this anymore. You are a nuisance. This is borderline harassment. And Please don't hang up. what? Please don't hang up. Why shouldn't I? You want to hang out or something? I don't know. Maybe. You want to hang out or something? I said maybe. I don't know what else. You want to hang out or something? For seven days. This is obviously getting out of hand. I'm sorry that you have to... Oh my god. Hello? Heavy mouth parts. Heavy mouth parts. Great. Full of moist. Full of moist. Awesome. Make America great. You know what? No. Jesus Christ. This is unbelievably frustrating and there doesn't seem to be an end in sight as you can see hello this is the end of the stinger finally we'll see you all next week in seven days